Hi guys, welcome back to Skincare Anarchy. This is Ekta, and wow, do I have a guest for you today. I am super excited. This is probably my most anticipated interview um, to date, so I, I'm not going to blab too much, but I want to introduce you guys to Sarah Krill, who is the CEO and co-founder for Victoria Beckham Beauty. So welcome to the show, Sarah. I'm so excited you're here. Thank you so much, Ekta. It's a pleasure to be here. It's such an honor to host you. I mean, I'm such a huge fan of the line and obviously your work is like is astounding because the products are phenomenal. So I want to dive into that. But first, can you get us started by just, you know, talking about your background and what led to this um, amazing collab between you and Victoria and um, just the whole the whole journey? Sure. OK, so I have always loved beauty. I was obsessed from the time I was a teenager. I grew up in this very small town and I would spend Saturdays when my dad was at his business, he was an architect and he would be doing his drawings at his office. And I would go next door into the local drugstore and I would just spend hours looking at all the beauty products. And I had kind of this epiphany when I was about 13, I was looking at all of the mascaras on the wall. And I mean, I had a lot of time on my hands. (laughs) So I was actually, I read the ingredient listings across various brands. And I saw they were identical and it occurred to me, the difference was in the brush. And then I thought somebody has that job where they choose the brush. And I'm like, I want to choose the brush. I want to be that person. Yeah. So, you know, that was when I was about 13 fast forward. I, you know, went through high school. I went to college, excuse me. Yeah. I went to college and I majored in um, British literature, because again, my father had a big role in that. And he said to me, you know, you'll never have the chance to have professors analyze a piece of literature with you. Yeah. Whereas wow. In, you know, marketing, you can learn that on your own. You can, you know, get into the workforce and you can learn that on the job. And so I took his advice. And so I majored in British literature, graduated, and then tried to get a job in beauty. And it was really hard. Yeah. <laughs> it was really wrong, but I finally <laughs> got my first job um, after, and this was back in the day where you had to write a letter. Okay. Yeah. For your listeners writing a letter versus sending an email. Um, so it was very manual, the whole process. And I applied to every company that I knew of um, to their corporate offices. And I requested a position in entry-level marketing. And I finally got a response from Clinique. Mm. And they asked me to come to New York for an interview. And I did, but the position was not in marketing. It was at Bergdorf Goodman at the counter. And that was my first position. I took that job happily. And, um, and that's where I started. So I started in sales and I would recommend this to anybody who is really, who's interested in any kind of discipline, When you are on the front line with the consumer, you understand things at a different level than you ever can when you're kind of in, you know, a little bit of a, of a bubble, you know, a corporate bubble. And so that's how I started. I started in sales and, um, and then I did that for a few years in a couple of different companies. And then I applied to a blind ad in the New York times, again, just to, you know, I, I, this was so many years ago, um, yeah. but that's how it was done. It was, it was a newspaper 
And I applied to this blind ad that was seeking a product developer with one to three years experience. And I had zero. Um, I only had sales experience, but I wrote what I jokingly call like a completely inappropriate cover letter talking <laughs> about alpha and beta hydroxy acids and how they affect the skin and that they were going to be moving from skincare into makeup because of the baby boomer demographic and all, you know, wow. interest oh, yeah. in, in makeup that could actually improve the skin's condition. Anyway, I got the interview and I ultimately got the job, which was at Revlon uh, for Ultima 2. And so wow. that was my first product development position. I love how that was a cover letter. Like you just went in, you were like, science, here you go. <laughs> That's crazy cool. I love that. I mean, you know, I think it's so interesting to hear like founder stories for me because you're right. Like, you know, it has to come from a place of just not only experience and education, but also just the nitty gritty, like knowing what the consumer wants, like where is, the, is there a white space, you know, and, right. and what is that? So I, I completely love, um, how everything began for you now uh, what about um so eventually you know obviously the line now like uh, you know victoria Beckham beauty is, is huge in the skincare line i know that it's taken off so so wonderfully and i want to know all the details behind that like all the planning you did and you know just how you visioned this so victoria and i met about now five or six years ago uh when i was at estee lauder and we did a collaboration and so we created two different collections together and they did incredibly well. And we just hit it off. We related to each other, I think, as, you know, working moms. Yeah. But we also had the same vision for beauty, like what's really, you know, beautiful and the same passion for active products, active skincare, makeup that really works, that performs. And, um, and so we decided that we were going to go on this journey ourselves. So yeah. we, we decided to start Victoria Beckham beauty and we have great investors as our partners. Um, but it's, you know, it is really a startup and, um, but we just, we just had a vision. Right. I think I lost. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I, I think I lost you in the middle. Oh, sorry. Okay. Yeah. It's saying my internet connection is unstable. I'm so sorry. No, it's okay. But yeah, you had, you had a vision. And then we had, just... yeah, we had a vision together about what this brand would be. And when we started talking about it, we were like, what would a luxury brand in the beauty space look like in 10 years? Like the absolute best luxury beauty brand look like yeah. in 10 years. And we determined it would be inclusive it would be for yes. all skin tones, ages, genders, et cetera. High performance. Of course, it was going to be luxury. This was yeah. both of our backgrounds. It would be clean and cruelty-free. Yeah. But it would also be transparent to the consumer and educational. And I can talk about that a little bit more in depth in a second, if you want. Absolutely, um, yeah. But we also wanted it to be sustainably minded. So using minimal plastic and post-consumer uh, materials in the packaging. Yeah. And then also it would obviously be through Victoria's lens. So right. an edited collection, nothing overwhelming, um, but really pretty concise and very honest things that she thought were really missing. Right. 
Right. No, and that's exactly how I see it. You know, as a consumer, like I remember um, even, you know, watching right before the launch, like I would watch all the promo videos and stuff. And I was obsessed, you know, even before I got my hands on the products, because that's exactly what I saw. I mean, what you just described, um, you know, is exactly what I saw as a consumer was this is perfect. You know, like the the makeup and, you know, the way that it was designed is like I can put this into my bag and it's chic and it's beautiful and it's exactly what I need. It's no no extra. You know what I mean? There's nothing excessive about it. It's a very, every part of the product is usable and, you know, utilized um, in the best way by the consumer. So I absolutely see that in your work, you know? Fantastic. Great. I'm so happy about that. Yeah, no, no, I want to, I want to um, talk a little bit about the skincare products, because I know that, you know, that's such a, that's such a uh, forward step to take, you know, especially like, when a beauty brand comes out, and it's doing so well, and then what really led you to take that step into skincare? Well, skincare is really important to both yeah. Victoria and me, you know, that that old adage sort of that makeup is only as good as the skin that it's on you know, and so we really wanted to address creating the most amazing skin that would allow you, if you wanted to be foundation free, um, you know, that really supported the skin's health. And so at this point, you know, before we launched the brand, Victoria was using some of the Augustinus Botter product. Yeah. And she just, you know, she said to me, this, this, product is amazing. You know, we should really have a conversation with Professor Botter. And so the fabulous thing about working with Victoria Beckham is when she makes a phone call, usually somebody on the other end picks up. (laughs) So so she did, she reached out to Professor Botter and we all started having a conversation about creating, you know, this collaboration. And we first launched our cell rejuvenating priming moisturizer and that was in November of 2019. And yeah. then the following February, we launched the Cell Rejuvenating Power Serum. Wow. And again, in this edited, highly active, high performance kind of lens, we really wanted a skincare routine that was going to be super simple. You know, this whole idea of skinimalism, as we call yeah. it, yeah. And, but really effective. And yeah. I think that's what we've done in our our customers are telling us that that's what they're getting. So, you know, it's, it's incredibly satisfying, but you know, it, it's important for us that we test our skincare formulations, both clinically and with consumer perception. Yeah. The difference is in a clinical trial, you have a number of subjects and you have an expert that's evaluating the skin. And right. that's looking under microscopes and, you know, looking at pore size, measuring actual pore size reduction um, and pore size appearance, things like that, skin radiance versus a consumer who then says, you know, oh, I feel like my skin is looking smoother and more calm. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like you actually like hear about the results from them. Yeah. Right. And for me as a developer, it's important that you test both of those things. Because it's one thing if consumers are, you know, feeling it and that's great, but it's also important to have the hard raw data that's showing those improvements. Absolutely. Yeah, no, absolutely. I love that you said that because, you know, that's one thing, you know, for me um, as a science geek, like 
I truly, truly believe in the idea that, you know, you can do in vitro studies all day and you can, you know, have this amazing, you know, set of data in the lab, but then, mm-hmm. you know, how does that translate to the real world? Mm-hmm. And then especially in beauty and skincare, you know, this is a huge topic that people talk about, because they're like, oh, well, this product really works for me, but, you know, and it might not have like 50 million articles that are published about the, you know what I mean? The mm-hmm. actives and stuff, mm-hmm. but it really works. Yeah. And I, I've, I know I've like gotten on the phone with some dermatologists and I have some colleagues of mine, I've been trying to convince them, like, you know, if it's a good skincare line, like you need to like give it space to like, sh- to show you that it's doing something wonderful for the skin, you know, like you can't go by what's already published and what's already, you know, been like, for example, like, you know, we know all about retinol. We know all about, you know, um, certain ingredients in skincare and they're not exactly the healthiest, you know? So, so that's where I get, you know, that's why I have such an appreciation for, um, what you've done because you're right. The skin minimalism, I think is something that's very, very up and coming and I'm a huge advocate for it, but also the quality of the products, you know, like it's really, really crafted in such a beautiful way. And I'd love for you to share, um, what your key, you know, uh, I guess the pillars were for like, you know, the ingredients and all that good stuff. Well, it's sort of like the brand pillars really. And the fact that it has to be high performance, but it also has to be a pleasure to use. There's, yeah. there's luxury in the way that certain moisturizers feel on the skin, serums feel on the skin. You know, there's a certain that we don't actually know is, you know, you, you don't know as a consumer, like consciously, but it's all filtering through your brain as part of the overall, you know, luxury experience. Right. Right. Us, It's also when we're formulating, it's not only important what we are, you know, leaving in, but what we are leaving out. And we have this whole clean and lean philosophy. So we're not using any types of fillers. Everything is there for a purpose. And then we take it to the next level, which is part of our transparency pillar in our formulations, where we list everything that we actually use. You know, I always joke, like, I would much rather be in a land of yes than the land of no. And, (laughs) you know, it's fine if you have your ingredients listed that you exclude, which we do on our website. But this is in time that we spent putting the list together of ingredients that we do use and what what their um, role is within the formulation. Right. So right. And that's, that's very important. All of that on, on the website. Right. So it's, it's, no. an effort to be, it's an effort to be educational as well as transparent. And this actually came from a situation that Victoria was in where she went into a department store and she was just asking the salespeople there, you know, how do I know that this is okay for me and that it's all safe and that it's, you know, really as clean as possible and nobody could really give her any answers. And yeah. so when it came time to decide whether to publish this list or not, because we knew it was a competitive advantage. Right. And so it was just a question, you know, are we going to publish this or are we not? And ultimately, obviously we decided to publish it. And, you know, we took a page sort of from Elon Musk and said like, okay, here's all the inside info. Yeah. And, and our feeling is, if somebody can use this to make their lives better 
or if another brand uses it to make their formulations better, it's all the better for everybody. Yeah. Oh, I love that. I love that, you know, whole vision and that, that spirit. That's so cool. You know, because I think a lot of luxury brands are so standalone and it's very much like a, uh, a veil, you know, like, Oh, I wonder what happens like behind the scenes. And, you know, so yeah, like I I really, really enjoy that you are, you guys are so transparent and, you know, the, the line, you know, for me, the best part is it's obviously a luxury line. I feel like Victoria has made it so like reflective of her own style Mm -hmm. but like the luxury is not just in the in the packaging the look it's in like you said the feel of the products and the Mm -hmm. way that they wear on your skin and the way that you feel you know using the products so it's like you you've really really created something that you know gives people a feeling more than just a product you know and and I really respect that thank you thank you I mean that is the goal I remember right before we launched and Victoria and I were talking just about how much anticipation we had that because we've been a direct consumer line from the start and now we have a couple of retail partners but at the beginning it was it was only online and the idea that people were going to order the product it was going to come to them in a hundred percent post recycled box yeah they open up with the product in a reusable linen pouch in corn foam that is a hundred percent safe for the water table and water soluble. You know, um, it was just a very different, you know, way of packing things out at the time in particular. Um, now happily there are other brands that are doing this kind of thing. So, but then, you know, actually getting to the product and picking up the say eyeshadow compact, right. And being so excited that like, oh my God, this is such quality. You know, that's just the experience that we wanted for every one of our customers. And Yeah. yeah, that's been the vision. No, I mean, you've truly delivered on that vision because that's exactly how it is. It's, and you know, the idea, I want to talk about like how you came up with the idea of like putting the the colors right next to each other in the brick format is so brilliant. Like I absolutely love it. Oh, thank you. Well, that, um, that is where, I would say some product experience comes through. Yeah. Um, that is, you know, I, I've had a lot of experience putting palettes together in my time. Yeah. And the thing that we all know is that when you have a palette, there are certain things that are um, used more quickly than others. Right. So for the eyeshadow palette, all of those shades, those four shades, that was created by use up rate. Oh, okay. So you have the lightest shade on the left and that's really your all over base shade. You use that the most Yeah. Um, going to the one, the second one. And then the last one, those are the same sizes. And those are sort of the lid shade and the contour shade. And then the skinny um, third level, the third line is for lining. Oh, wow. And you know, that's how you use those colors you know, right. the average person. So that's how we designed it. It's like having a makeup artist, like right there, like in a way, you know, like you already have like a step-by-step. Like that how is, that's the it. idea. I mean, Victoria and I are both, as I mentioned at the beginning, we're both working moms. We want to look great and yeah. we don't want to spend a lot of time doing it. So we mm-hmm. want our skincare to be easy, but super active and make us look like we got eight hours of sleep when 
probably we didn't. <laughs> and our makeup to be intuitive. Yeah, no, I mean, I mean that's the thing. Like, it's always great design should not be obvious. Right. Oh, I love that. I love that. I'm going to quote you. <laughs> that's so cool. Yeah, no, I, I completely agree. I think that that, you know, the functionality of your products is, you know, just next level. And I think for me, like when I first saw, like I said, like the promo videos that were coming out about the brand, I was like so intrigued. I'm like, this is so cool. Like they put all the colors right there. And it's like, you know, when I got it, like the first thing I tested was, is it going to like, you know, um, like, because it's eyeshadow, right? So I was like, oh. is there going to be fallout? Is it going to like, you know, fall out into all the colors? And it didn't. And I was like, um, I don't know what Sarah and Victoria did, but this is brilliant. Like, <laughs> this is really brilliant. So yeah, Thank it's you. beautiful. And I, you know, and I also want to mention that um, for me, like, I'm not a huge makeup person. So like, when I do pick a makeup product, it has to be very usable, like in the sense that like, you know, not just about the colors, but it also has to be about like the way it sits on my skin. And I've noticed like with your eyeshadow, for example, like it does not crease at all. And that mm -hmm. is huge for me because I have always had that problem is that mm -hmm. it'll, and by the end of the day, it'll start creasing. And I just, I don't like the way it looks. It almost like ages you, you know? So oh, I really yeah. enjoy that the, the formulation of the, the makeup has been, it, it, it is so, so, um, you know, it is luxury, like you said. Yes. yes. Yeah. And, and that's, you know, that's across, across the line, you know, um, what we've tried to achieve. And, and I'd like to think that we have, um, yeah. but like, you know, the Kajal, liner the satin kajal liner yeah. is something that you know it's an eyeliner right right but it is so specific in the way that we formulated it that it's become an all-star of the line and yeah. the reason is is that you know you when you apply it it's really creamy it does not tug on your lid you can use it in your waterline and it's safe for sensitive eyes it gives you time to make whatever look you want. You can have a cat eye or you can smudge it out and then it sets and it's waterproof and it wears all day. Wow. And no, that, it's beautiful. You know, it's just, it's just meant to, again, be something that's easy to use. It looks great and it looks great all through your day, you know? Yeah, and that's very important. Like that's very important. And also like, I just want to say about the, the, um, the eyeliner is that, it's actually one of, it's the only pencil liner I use. Like I don't use pencil for my eyeliner because like it's, it's just something I've always done like liquid eyeliner for myself if I ever use it, but this is the only pencil sure. I've ever used. And that's because of everything you just said, because it's so easy to use and it looks so natural. Like it does not look like you've got a glob of black eyeliner on top of your eyelid. You right. know? Like, and anyone can use it. So I absolutely agree with everything you said. I mean, it's the products speak so much for themselves in a way that I feel like you know, anyone listening out there, like if you've tried anything from the line, I'm sure you can relate to this. I mean, it's, they're the easiest products to use and the most beautiful looking, you know, even the lid luster um, shades are so perfect, you know, oh, especially for you. deeper skin. Yeah, mm -hmm. no, I mean, I, I want to talk, I want to actually talk more about the inclusivity aspect, because I know you mm -hmm. had um, touched on that in the beginning. And, you know, how you and Victoria really like what the conversation was between you guys about that because it's very the line is extremely inclusive I mean my skin tone like you know I, I don't represent all brown women but I can tell you you know every colleague or friend of mine that's you know has darker um you know deeper shade like they they love the line they mm -hmm. love the product so I want to talk about that a little bit yeah how you guys it, it's it's just it's it was just from the very beginning 
Victoria and I talked about the fact that, you know, a lot of times when you're in a large corporation, everything comes down to dollars and cents. Yeah. And maybe your audience is demographically more one way than another. Um, and so a lot of times brands will plan their colors for that. Mm. Uh, but we made the decision, you know, we just wanted to do what we thought was the best thing. And we thought the best thing was to have shades for everybody. And, you know, sometimes you need to make decisions when you're creating a brand and a brand architecture that don't necessarily on paper look like they make dollars and cents, Yeah. but you have to have the faith, which I do, that if you create the right products for people, eventually everybody will come, you know, and we just wanted to be known as a brand that was for everybody. And so that's what we've done. You know, you see it in our lipsticks and our lip liners in, you know, um, the lid luster range, for example. Um, and it's also why we haven't come out with a foundation yet. I was going to ask you that. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) it's, it's a, because it's, first of all, it's a huge development process to really get it right. Yeah. Um, which is the only way we're going to do anything. So that's the first thing. And the second thing is it's a really big inventory investment because we are going to have a ton of shades. So we have to wait until we get a little bit bigger till we can really afford everything that that entails. Um, But I'm excited to do it. Oh my gosh. I will be your first like customer. (laughs) I'm not even like, what do you, what do you look for when you are buying a foundation? Um, I want something that is like, it looks very natural. So Mm -hmm. I love the look of real skin. I hate foundations that are cakey and you know what I mean? Like just they're too much. So like, I always look for a natural finish in a Mm -hmm. foundation, something that's like dewy, but not like oily looking at all, you know, just something that really just makes my skin look better. And you know, so that's, that's really what I like. So (laughs) yes, yes, me too. Me too. And that would be that that's really, you know, our whole idea like it's all about victoria's glowing skin and we have the skincare now and any kind of complexion products that we would create would just continue that you know that idea because that's what she that's what she really stands for and that's what she loves too yeah yeah no it shows and i think you know for me honestly sarah like the line has it just resonates so well for a person like me because I feel like it's just a very global look to the line, like in the sense that what I mean by that is like, I don't think of just like one part of the world or one, one demographic or one group of people that would use your products. Like, you know, looking at the packaging and then looking at the, the, you know, accessibility aspect and just how the products are used. Like I, for me, it was always like, I feel like everywhere, everyone in the world, wherever you are, can relate to this product in some way, because it's such a, it's a simple design, if you think about it. I mean, it's not overcomplicated, but it still is, you know, like down to the, I know it's very complicated, like, you know, putting together a design, but it, it the simplicity and the beauty at the same time make it such a globally appealing product, like product line that I just, yeah, I think you, what you guys have done, I'm just so impressed, like as a consumer, because it's very, very hard to do, you know? Well, you know, you're just seeing the passion that Victoria and I bring to this project. You know, she is highly involved in every step of 
everything, the design of the packaging, the formulations, she tests everything. I send her everything, submission after submission, um, the, all of the colors, you know, those, those palettes, some of those palettes were put together literally from pieces from her makeup bag and oh, taking, wow. you know, this yeah. idea of eyeshadow plus this idea of eyeshadow and tweaking it a little bit. And, you know, she's, she's just really, she's so into beauty herself yeah. um, that it's been, you know, it's been a, just a pleasure creating it. And that's what you see, I think, as I as love you're telling that. Me that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, I love that. And like, and definitely, yeah, that definitely shows. I mean, Victoria Beckham for me, like I'm a millennial through and through. And, you know, I just, I've been a fan of her for so many, many years. I mean, for as long as I can remember. And it's everything like the style, her style resonates with me, what she likes, you know what I mean? Like the way, like the look, overall mm-hmm. look really resonates with me, especially as someone who's like very busy, like, you know, and working all the time yes I know I do yeah Yeah. so um you know so I just want to I want to finish off the episode by asking you for some really um you know just words of wisdom for all of our listeners who are you know maybe new entrepreneurs or just women in business that they want to do their best and you know anything that you can offer as advice well I think it's important to have an idea that has a new point of view to it. You know, it's really, that is, there has to be some original thinking and, um, you know, just an original, just an original thought needs to be part of your idea and part of your plan. Um, you definitely need to be prepared for some sleepless nights if you're going (laughs) to be an entrepreneur, because, you know, I mean, I used to work at a big company and that kind of pressure is very different than owning your own company pressure, you know, right. so you kind of have to be mentally prepared for that. Just, you know, a certain level of acceptance that that is part of the journey. Right. I would say, um, resilience, you know, you have to keep every, not everything is going to be a success. And in my career, I have definitely had failures and I've learned more from those. I mean, it's, it's, you know, again, maybe a bit of a trite saying, but it really is true. You learn from your failings. And the most important thing, I say this to my daughters all the time, you know, it isn't how many times you fall down. It's how many times you get back up. And yeah. that is really a huge part of success. You know, yes, luck, luck favors the well-prepared, but it's also a matter of just keeping at it. Persistence. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I love that. I hope you guys are listening very closely. (laughs) No, that's so much. Oh my God. That's so real, you know, and it's like the best advice I think, because people really, I think need to hear that a lot more is that if you fall, then you need to get back up, you you know, you do. And, and that's where, you know, the initial idea that you have, in my opinion, it needs to be something that you're truly passionate about. It's, it's much harder to stick with something that you think is intellectually a good, you know, business opportunity. If your heart, heart, heart is not in it because it requires so much work um, and stick to itiveness to make a success that you just really have to have your heart in it. Not just your. Yeah, no, exactly. No, I completely agree with you. And I think, you know, this, 
has been such a like such a lovely episode I've just it really enjoyed talking to you and learning about your vision I mean the line is it speaks for itself um everyone listening you know I I don't think I have to rave more about Victoria Beckham beauty I mean Sarah and Victoria have just created something magical and I, I think every single product every you know detail shows that so I really urge all of you check out the line, check out the amazing information on the on the website for the brand. And I'm going to be linking everything in the podcast art for this. So I hope you guys really, um, you know, just tune into this episode, leave us some comments, some feedback. Um, if there's any questions, maybe I can pass them along to Sarah's team. That but, would be great. Yeah. Thank you that so much. Wonderful. Thank you, Akta. I so appreciate you having me on your podcast today. It's been great. Yes, it has been such an honor. Thank you.